The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Good power. Good evening and welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for round 13 against Brisbane. The game will be played on Saturday Twilight Adelaide Oval. Uh, I'm Portia, and joining me, as is regularly the case, is Maka. Maka, how are you? Mate, pretty good. Pretty good. Very much looking forward to this weekend. Look, it was a very disappointing result last week, it's got to be said. But uh, I'm really happy to see quite a few changes to the side. I'm pretty happy with the changes. Um, look, it should really be a, a very good game, and I'm fully expecting we can get over the Allies on Saturday morning. And look, I mean, absolutely. I was hoping that you are going to talk about the, the game that you prepared to speak about tonight, considering yeah. there's only one really worth watching this weekend in Adelaide. Um, <laughs> I don't know. How, what, what do you think? Have you got any uh, thoughts on what to expect in the game? Any names for people to watch out for if they catch the SA versus uh, Allies under-18s match? Look, if you can get down to Adelaide Oval, it's at 10 past 10. It's free entry. Um, so I would highly recommend going there and, uh, and checking out uh, some of the under-18s that are on display because there, there are plenty of good ones. Um, I would look at, uh, for SA, obviously Darcy Fogarty is the name to look out for. He's a potential number one pick. Um, he can play through the midfield. He can play up forward. Um, he's quite a uh, quite an interesting player. Um, so he's certainly one to look out for. Um, another one is Jordan Houlihan, who's a, a very talented, high-marking, very skillful um, sort of forward flanker slash small forward. He's actually got pretty decent height. I think he's around about 183 centimetres, so he's not a true sort of smallish small. Uh, But he's one to look out for. Isaac Rankin, who's um, not eligible for this draft, he's likely to to get drafted. Well, he'll definitely get drafted next year, probably in the top two or three. Um, Mm. He's an absolute excitement machine. Um, As a small forward slash midfielder, super quick, great skills. Uh, Very, very small. Um, but he's um, definitely one to look out for. Then you've got Callum Coleman-Jones in the ruck, who can also play up forward. He's kind of a Kurt Tippity-like um, forward ruckman. Really good skills, great grab. Uh, Jack Lukosius is another um, one that's not eligible this year. He should go pretty early next year as well. Uh, so they're the ones to really look out for, I reckon, uh, for South Australia. Uh, in terms of the Allies... Um, there's quite a few interesting players here. Jared Brander, who was uh, rated the number one pick um, over the off-season. He's now playing down back. Uh, he had a really great game at centre-half back last week. Uh, Connor Ballenden, who's um, uh, listed uh, with Brisbane. Um, so he's one to look out for. Right. Uh, then you've got Nick Blakey, who's likely going to be a number one pick uh, next year, I would think. Um, okay. So there's a few names there to look out for as well. Well, it's a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, I mean, it's entirely possible to make a day of it, to come down early for the under-18s game, walk up to North Adelaide and have your lunch, and a nice long lunch, and then come back down to watch the first quarter of the port game, and then say, I've done my bit, and go home. Yep, that's it. There's also <laughs> Connor Rosey, who, he's very talented. There's James Rowe, who's uh, Stephen Rowe's son, so uh, if you want to get into him, that'd be great. Um, Charlie Ballard, he's, um, he's one to watch as well. He's uh, a bit of a wild card. Fantastic. All right, well... I guess we should probably do the rest of the podcast then. Yeah. I guess we can turn to Spreaker chat first of all, just because they obviously have something they want to say. Craig Jones, I'm not happy with those changes. Ryan Pillar, what a disgrace. Um, that's really it. That's about it. Bit of high and hello. Um, just because 
we've been doing it this year. We'll talk quick briefly about the what are they up to? What have Brisbane been doing the last two weeks? Um, yep. First of all, a quick overview on what Brisbane are doing this season. They won round one. They lost nine games in a row, and then they won last week. So that's been Brisbane season pretty much. Pretty much. Um, two weeks ago, they uh, played against Collingwood and got absolutely dominated. Um, Collingwood, 18 goals, 21 against 13, 6. Uh, it's 45-point loss, 39 scoring shots to 19. Um, that's as comprehensive a win as you can really have over an opponent pretty much. Um, at least statistically, not on the scoreboard. Their inaccuracy really killed them there. Um, not much to take out of that, but last week they got their win. They got their win after a nine-week drought. They and, did. Uh, they played really well. Yeah, no, they uh, they did all right against uh, Fremantle and Brisbane. So, um, yeah, no, they, uh, they certainly racked up the goals a bit, and uh, as usual, it was their midfielders that uh, really put the pressure on uh, the opposition. Uh, and look, they're all in good form. Like that, I guess <laughs> it's going to be easy for us to again have another preview podcast where we kind of underrate a side that's got a fairly strong midfield. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then have it go wrong, because that seems to be the way that we've been losing this year. Um, I don't know, do you think this might be one of those matches based on what we've been seeing from Brisbane this year? Yeah, look, they've got a really good midfield. That's the uh, the decent part of their team. Um, mm. And they are in decent form at the moment. You know, Beams is playing really, really good footy. Uh, Rockliffe's playing really, really good footy. Dane Zorko is probably one of the best players in the league at the moment. Then uh, they've got some decent second stringers as well that who are really putting in. Um, Jake Barrett had his best game of AFL footy last week, 24 touches, two goals, so he's one to look out for. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a hard one, I think, in terms of the midfield battle. Like, I think that mm. might be pretty even, but I, I would expect us to have the uh, the advantage, obviously, at uh, either end of the ground. And um, hopefully we get a similar result to last time. Uh, I don't think it'll be that much, but um, hopefully we can have a pretty solid win. Yeah, I mean, I'd still certainly tip us to beat Brisbane, but I think it might be a game where the crowd gets annoyed by about half time because we're not beating them by as much as we should. Probably. Um, but uh, again, yeah. this is kind of a no-win situation, I reckon. Because oh, yeah, yeah, no matter absolutely. what we do, it's not going to be good enough. Like, if we win by 100 points, oh, why can't we you know, play this well last week? You know, If Needy kicks five goals, oh, well, it just means he's going to get more games. So it's one of those sort of no-win situations... Um, so I reckon just go to the footy and enjoy it for what it is. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Mm. All right, well, look, we'll move along. This is going to be a pretty short podcast, I think. Uh, <laughs> Enthusiasm is pretty low. Oh, sorry. I well, I mean, we only they... played them like five weeks ago or something. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah, not yeah, like much has really changed <laughs> in that time. No. Honestly, honest, the only thing that the, the, for us, the only thing that's really changed is the fact that we dropped down Houston for some bizarre reason, but now he's back, so that hasn't actually changed at all, really. That's it. Let's talk um, about the selections, I reckon. Yeah, all right. Look, let's just barrel straight in. Um, so we've got three players in, Dan Houston, Aaron Young, and Jake Need, and the outs are Jasper Pittide, Brendan Archie, and Jimmy Tompas. Now, I'm going to stop you there. Let's talk about yeah, he's, this he's, one okay. at a time. Let's do uh, this one at a time here. Dan okay. Houston for Jasper Pittard. We've dropped a big name in Jasper. Is that the right man to drop? Um, I think you'd drop Hartlett, but yeah, sure. <laughs> Look, Pittard's not really me, played well all year, to be honest. Um, for me, this is all about Houston in as opposed to who's out. Oh, um, for sure, no doubt. Yeah. But it's still um, nice to see a biggish name get dropped. I'm I am so stoked that Dan Houston is back in the team. I think that 
gives our balance back in defense. Um, it, it brings the Feng Shui back into the, the defensive group, I reckon, because we're, we're really missing someone like who can play like Houston. Mm. Um, Pittard has been really disappointing all year. He hasn't really fired a shot yet. No. Uh, so I can certainly see why they've gotten rid of him as opposed to Hartlett, because Hartlett has played a few really good games, mm. um, even though I, I probably would have dropped both this week. Yeah, I mean, you'd be pretty inclined to. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Houston coming back in, he adds a bit of class with disposal and a fairly cool head when we probably need that at the moment. Uh, and the ability to sort of counterattack and, you know, be in traffic, he's shown that he can do that as well. So hopefully he hasn't lost it while he's been in the SNFL and he can step right up straight away. Well, he, he um, was great last week. He had 24 touches and, and played really, really well. I'm okay. really happy he's back in the side. Um, also for the fact that sometimes with these sort of young players, they get a go... Maybe they get dropped and then you never see them again, sort of thing. So I'm really happy that Houston stayed in the thoughts of the selection committee and he's back in after a couple of weeks. That's really good. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, there were a couple of weeks he wasn't named as an emergency, so he wasn't that much in the thoughts, but sure. It would not have surprised (laughs) me if we didn't see Houston again this year. Like, I reckon that could have been a possibility, but the fact he's back in, I reckon that's a good step forward. I mean, you're right. We could have made an absolutely appalling decision. Um, instead, we ended the terrible one we already made. So you're quite right, Macca. That is an upside. Good one. Now, the next one. Youngie for yeah. uh, Archie. Youngie, did he do enough in one week in the SA NFL to bring him straight back in? How, how could he have? Honestly, I mean, I the only reason I can think of is that they said, oh, Aaron's been off the ball a lot. We'll send him back to get some touch so he can come back in. Yeah. But, oh, look, he, he probably had as good a game... Almost. He had as, as good a game as you could possibly think of in the SNFL. He had, what, 37 touches, five goals playing through the midfield. So, What was that going to prove? He was excellent, but is it enough? Like, one week to get a million touches against the worst SNFL team, like... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what did it... I don't, I, look, it's, it's baffling. Like, the only, the only reason... That's the only reason that it could be that is not... Bizarre is the one I gave, which is that they wanted him to get some touch because he's been off the ball, which I can understand that to some extent. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It just reeks of non-punishments and non-accountabilities and all those sorts of things, you know? Mm. Um, but with that stat line that he talked about with Aaron Young, I, mean, I, I don't know if he was doing that sort of forward that we actually need him doing out forward for the AFL side. It sounds like he just was playing as a sort of a star player in the SANFL, which is... An entirely different thing to what we want him to step up and do. Yeah. Um, and Brendan Archie out. Look, I mean, this, this is, I guess, the really controversial ones coming up next, and we'll talk about that more as a group then. Um, Brendan Archie out. Look, he was not great. Absolutely. Um, Aaron's had some games where he's nothing not great too. Yeah. It's a bit of a, it's a really a nothing change, and it's basically a change of numbers without actually really changing the qualities of the side. Yeah. Um, these are not these are not the changes that say, hey, there's a problem with our leadership, there's a problem with our structures, there's a problem with blah, blah, blah. They're not really addressing any of that. Um, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Look, a good friend of mine um, has been saying this week, and I do agree with it, is that if you get dropped for form, you should spend a minimum of four weeks in the SANFL. That's pretty fair. No, no matter what, just four weeks, do it. I, mean, I, agree, legit, I agree with that. I, I think there's a difference between having poor form and not having results on the board. Um, and I think that there is a case to be made for occasionally dropping a guy back for one week because, say, for example, you are playing as a crumbing small forward and 
the last three weeks, our key forwards have kicked three goals each or something like that. You know, yeah. it's just not been an opportunity to get you the ball, so you do need a bit of touch. But when it is because of form, because Aaron Young's been not doing the things we need him to do off the ball as well, um, realistically, then that, yeah, I agree that longer time in the SNFL is probably justified, really. Because yeah. what would he have learnt last week? Nothing. In, in not a single West thing. Adelaide? Nothing at all. Nothing. The only thing he's learned is that I'm too good for this level. Yeah, he wow. He is too good for the SNFL. That's it. How many players on our list aren't too good for the SNFL when they're surrounded by their teammates? Mm. You know, like this is the other not this is the other unspoken of downside of having all the players in the same team is that you know um, they don't really have to sort of prove themselves in their own right with imperfect circumstances that they will face at AFL level. Um, they have everyone that they know there, and it's not too hard and the gap is just getting bigger all the time. So. That's it. Right, the, the third change. The last one. We say goodbye to uh, Jimmy Tumpus. Goodbye, like farewell. If he deserves goodbye. And sure. uh, Jakey Need, the speedster, the sharpshooter. The goal sneak is back in. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is it? Seriously, what? What? what is that? There's just no, there's no value to it at all. Like, what is it? It's not even like for like. What is it? What is it? What is yeah? If you take any loss we've had this year, what is Jake need adding that any other player on in our reserve side couldn't? Any of the players we've dropped couldn't. Oh, it's a strange it's, one. It's a strange one because he's not been in outstanding form, so he, he hasn't really sort of you know forced the selectors' hands like no. uh, say Aaron Young did this week. Sure. Um, the, the only thing I can think of, trying to think logically, maybe we're going to play <laughs> Sam Gray up the field a bit more on the wing in that sort of Amon Tumpus role to oh, have Jake Need as yep, the small sure. forward replacing <laughs> that's Sam even Gray. Worse. <laughs> that's That's the only thing I can think of because Needy's not going to play on a wing, is he? Oh, or, he's not going to do no, the Amon role. Not. So we need someone to do the Amon role because Tumpus was doing it. Badly, but he was doing it. Um, so that's the only thing that I can think of, is that we're going to move Sam Gray up the field and have Needy sort of um, in that forward 50. But how does that address any of the problems that we showed that we had last week? Like, if you look, say, OK, we need to make changes from last week, the team will say, OK, we've been let down in certain areas. Like, the areas we got cut up in, Sam Gray and Jake Need aren't going to solve those in any way. They're not even a chance to because they're the wrong sort of players. You would ideally <coughs> no, want wrong. some really good hard-running, you know, outside-ish flankery types that can maybe be a bit physical if they need to, but mostly play on the outside, you know. We've got a couple of them. We have got a couple of them. Um, it's the perfect would be shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic scenario, <laughs> what we've done this week in, yeah, in those last usually. two changes. Like, Houston in, fair enough, that's a great change. The other two, it's just, you know, Youngie's in for his, you know, 19th last chance and needs in for his 28th last chance so you know I just don't understand like this would have been I don't want to bang on about it but this would have been the perfect time to bring in someone like Howard to play up forward yep um, or someone like Atley or someone like Drew to, uh, yeah. to give them a taste of AFL football in a game where if we're thinking realistically we shouldn't lose no uh, we should definitely win so bringing in a couple of young players isn't going to risk losing the game. And, and what are we what are we going to learn from this? Like, There's every chance that Jake Need might kick three goals this week against Brisbane. 
because Brisbane aren't very good and he might be in that position to do so. So what does that tell us? Not much. Not a thing. Not a thing. thing. So we we haven't learned... It's just changing for... I I don't even know why. For change's sake, without actually getting to the core of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's basically making changes so you can say we've made changes rather than actually making changes, which, you know... Good coaches do make changes, yeah. They they, they they alter the makeup of the side from week to week, sometimes just purely because it's better for betting an opponent, you know, not because someone's been shit for five weeks and you're finally saying, oh, gee, mate, gosh, I don't know, you're in a bit of a rust spell, we'll drop you back for a week, you know. <laughs> They're actually held accountable and not as if it's a, a group of mates that are, you don't want to be too rough on. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go to this Reaper chat quickly. Um We've got Dylan saying, please read my message out. And the message was Hen Kinkley, which I don't know what that's all about. And Ryan Pillar's added to that, Crinkley will like it, am I right? Um, I, I don't even know if they listen to the podcast when they start writing these comments. I think they just start Probably not. Free, free typing. Probably not. Craig Jones reckons um, we should have brought in Drew and Palmer. That would have been all right. Yeah, I'd prefer that for sure. Um, if a uh, PAFC true believer, even though Pittard has been poor and deserves to play in the SNFL, he's still surprised to see Pittard out. But it is nice to see Houston back, and I think that's probably fair. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. And Mangus, Mangus on phrases really summed it up. It's the art of changing without changing. And that's yeah. exactly what we're looking at. And he's also said Hinkley's obviously put last week down to lack of effort and not personnel. Yeah, because, you know, everything's about effort. That's all it is. That's all, that's all AFL football is, is effort. Look, I, I will be honest. I do prefer. I still do prefer Jake Need in that small forward role as opposed to Sam Gray. Just putting it out there. I don't really see the value of either. Of them. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about: changes without making changes, isn't it? Mm. Yep. Yep. Don't know. And the- don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. Like I can understand why people are annoyed, um, but. We were never going to do anything different, as I said in the pre uh, in the review last on um, Tuesday. I mean, um, we don't have the balls to drop someone like Hartlett or to make a big change like that. We we just don't do it. We never do it. Um, we've dropped Pittard. That's all right, but he's also you know he's already played SANFL this year. He's come back through the SANFL, mm. um, so he's already sort of you know just in the side kind of. Um, it would have been great to have seen a couple of more, a couple more changes, or some bigger names get dropped, or some, you know. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Well, let's just talk briefly about motivation. Um, so, a motivation for a player in the side, you'd have to think would be, if we get smashed, there's going to be changes. Yeah. yeah. But if that only affects four players in your side, well, it's not really a big deal if you get smashed, is it? Yeah, you know that, that's where that's where we're looking right now is that we're constantly changing out the same batch of players um, when there are senior players letting us down, and they never feel that pressure. No, they don't feel it, and so that's why we get the performances like we get, and that's why we get the efforts like we get. Um, well, when it's easy to be on week. top, we're on top. You yeah. just have to look at the dogs this week. They've made what like five changes, minimum of five changes they've made. Yeah, yeah. And they've dropped yeah. um, senior player Matthew Boyd who was All-Australian last year. Yeah. You know, they've dropped Tom Liberatore uh, so far this year. They've dropped other players. They've dropped Tom Boyd. Like, you know, they're, they're happy to make 
uh, moves on senior players uh, if they're not performing, and we we just don't do it. We just keep shuffling the same, you know, two to three changes in and out of the side every year, and it's just you know it wears you down a little bit in the end. I think. Well. Yeah, well, we just had a comment from Mingus Onfries on the Spring Chat saying, you two sound utterly broken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A little um, bit. I, I'm, I'm quite, I don't know, I'm quite positive. I'm over the result on the weekend. I'm, I'm happy to uh, talk about this, and, uh, and I, I think we're going to win the game pretty easily, but I don't know. I'm more excited about the under-18s, I've got to say, this week. Yeah, well, look, I mean, it's like what I said in the in, before we started recording that um, we've gone from you being absolutely livid on the weekend and me being kind of okay with it to you being kind of okay with it and me being absolutely wanting to choke someone right now because of yeah. what we're doing. Um, I've gone officially, as of this moment, I've officially gone from just patiently waiting for Hinkley to be gone to it's time for him to go immediately as soon as possible right away. Thank you. Mm. Um, I'm not. I'm not. There's no. There's no future in this in this style of management, there's no future in it. And it's not like it's a new occurrence. That's a weird turn of events. This is how he's run the team since he started. He's had his five years. He can fuck off at the end of the year as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Strong words. Oh, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks. Although I, I still hold it. I'm always going to like Kenny because I, I think he's a great oh, fella. He's a great and, fella, and he's isn't he? Great things for he's a great fella. Up. Lots of great fellas in our club, isn't there? There is a lot of great, <laughs> great fellas. fellas. Heaps of great fellas. Lots of back slaps for the boys. <laughs> I do. No matter what happens, I'm always going to f- think fondly of uh, Kenny Hinckley as opposed to someone like Primus and, and what happened in his years. But I don't know. I don't know. I- I'm happy to wait till the end of the year to see what happens. Anyway, let's look, look. We've got a little bit more to talk about that is actually football related. So let's do yeah, that. If anyone's managed to hang in this long, you know, congratulations. Well done. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, good training for the rest of the year. Um, I guess uh, looking through the squad changes for Brisbane, no changes because they had their first win in ten weeks. That's yep, cool. That's fair enough. Um, absolutely fair enough. Particularly with the young side uh, coming up, um, they've had some actually really, I suppose, pretty good signs for Brisbane. I think that. Probably a lot of people, certainly I was at the front of this line, thought that they'd have a bit of an exodus this year for young players. But they've had, you know, Berry re-signed and already uh, Shacky, he's re-signed, obviously. I don't know, maybe they're starting to get their shit together. <laughs> it could be happening. And, uh, you know, to already have had one week where they've done it, maybe maybe they'll do it again this week. But let's see. Uh, area by area, you'd have to say Ryder will beat uh, Martin again uh, in the ruck. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty safe bet, really. Um, midfield, Beams and Zorko still on top. Uh, basically the same situation as it was seven weeks ago. Uh, it was. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be, as I said before, it's going to be a really good battle. Zorko's had some great form in recent weeks. I think he's averaging uh, 28 touches and a couple goals a game over the last three games. So that's really good for for him. He's in uh, career-best form. Dane Beams is uh, is playing some fantastic football at the moment as well. And Tom Rockliffe is just doing what he usually does. He's um, probably slowed down a little bit in the last few weeks compared to what he was getting earlier in the season. Uh, but he started to add some goals uh, to his list in recent weeks as well. He's kicked four over the last three. So, um, you know, if they get on top, um, it might be a bit trickier than we would hope. But, um, again, they, they were out there uh, earlier this year and we absolutely hammered them in the midfield. So, um Fingers crossed we can do the same this week. You'd hope so. 
Absolutely. It'd be really good. I mean, I guess that now that the boys are feeling a bit of pressure, that the heat is on with all the big changes we've made, then they'll certainly be inspired to put in a really top-rate performance. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, forwards, they've still got two pretty big forwards, Shaq and Hipwood. I think they're both playing this week, aren't they? So, um, you know, that could be tricky if their midfield does get on top, but as we just said, they're probably I don't think Shaqie is, but... Isn't um, he? Oh, he's not. There okay. is, yeah. Oh, Pepperoni's think, in, yeah. Yeah, Pepperoni's in, and uh, McStay. Um, yeah, McStay's still around. He played on uh, Dixon last time we played and got absolutely smacked. So, I would assume that they would make a change there. Um, I think last time around I said that they would be silly not to put Harris Andrews on Charlie Dixon, so maybe they might do that this time. Um, I guess the only other one that they might put on him is, is Darcy Gardner, but um, he's better off as a, as a kind of a running defender, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. And defence, um, just just put up the full stats for Brisbane defence, they're the most gold against side, they've had the most marks inside 50 against them, and the fewest rebounds, which really says everything you need to know. All makes sense and all joins together, really. Yeah, it all makes perfect sense. Let's move on to a highlight, because I'm sure that this will be a much more positive section of the podcast. What are the questions from Bigfooty this week, Macca? Oh, yes. Questions. I like questions. Uh, Zach Wilde has asked, uh, can uh, Jared Lynott elevate his game to the next level and become that true running elite kicking six foot five wingman slash halfback that we require? Well, I mean, that's a nice dream. I don't know. I don't know. I can't comment because I haven't seen him play. So that's Mm. the issue. What's your thoughts, Macca? I think it's possible. I'm really bullish on Lynott. Um, he's probably the best of that uh, rookie group, I think. Um, and he's a real point of difference as well. I think we've unfortunately underused him this year by playing him as a sort of pseudo key defender just because we kind of have to because we don't really have um, too many others on the list. Um but I, I really do like him further up the field. He had a massive game on the weekend. I don't think we actually mentioned his name in the in the review last week, but he had 37 touches. So okay. um, he's uh, he's certainly a little bit different. Um, he's got a great leg on him. Uh, he can run like the wind. Uh, I'm all for him getting a second year and um, hopefully us seeing him play a bit further up the ground at SANFL level this year. How's his accountability? Uh, really good. Like I've okay. I've actually really liked his um, what he's been doing as a as a, um, a shutdown defender down back. He's done actually a really good job. I didn't think um, the first time I saw him go down back, I was like, oh, I'm not sure about this, but I can understand why we're doing it because we kind of had to. Um, but he has actually really impressed in that sort of role. Um, so he can shut down. He's got good pace, um, but I think um, him sort of. Patrolling that sort of wing position would be wonderful. Someone that size who can kick like, you know, it'd be just like seeing Bruce Light play again. Wow, that's a blast from the past there, Macca. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I guess that you could even make a case that, you know, that was a sort of an area of the ground that we were exposed last week that maybe he even could have, if if we had an elevation free, we maybe could have elevated him and brought him in, but I don't think we did, do we? So, not really too relevant. Yeah. Um, Yeah, all right. There we go. Next question. Harold Oliver has uh, stated, Macca's chilli crab pasta recipe is a seafood classic. Thank you very much, Harold. Um, does Portia have a culinary signature dish of her own that she can share with Bigfooty punters? No. No, not really. No, nothing Nothing exciting. Portia, Portia, Portia. <laughs> it's, it's letting <laughs> the team any, down any, here. That's... 
the only interesting thing I do, and it's not even interesting, is I make um, German egg noodles when I'm making curry. Okay, fair enough. They go well together. It's nice. Well, this is great uh, slow cooker season, <laughs> I reckon. So I reckon a good yeah. sort of beef burgundy or a cockavan or something like that, uh, that, that's what you should be after this time of year. Gosh, you're a fancy cook, Mecca. Yeah. I love yep. my food. What can I say? Good on you. That's it. Are you going to go on MasterChef? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. No. No, fair enough. I don't no. think... Uh, no, that's just terrifying when you see the standards they put up there and... Oh, yeah, no. I'm not that good a cook. No, definitely not that good no, a cook. No, like even if you can get the flavours right, it's just so intimidating because you've got to have the actual appearance of it be good as well. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other level of things. Maybe yeah. with a bit more practice I might get there, but uh, I'm happy to have my uh, sort of good quality um, home-cooked meals as opposed to anything better at this point. Uh, Big Daddy has asked, in your opinion, how would the famous Jack Cale go as power coach today? And how many would he have dropped after last week's effort? <laughs> I reckon he would have dropped a few. Um, he was, but I uh, think he might have dropped them a bit earlier. <laughs> he, yeah, prob- you're probably right there as well. He was always um, happy to drop some underperforming senior players. Like I remember Paul yeah. Northeast playing most of the year in the reserves in about 94-ish, I reckon. And you know, You'd often see someone like George Fiacci or Rowan Smith or, you know, sometimes even Darren Smith running around in the reserves at times. Uh, he was happy to sort of drop someone if they if he thought that uh, they weren't pulling their weight um, or, or playing to their expectations. So um, certainly we might have seen um, maybe a couple of other players dropped uh, at other points through this year and, and maybe even earlier, as you said. Yeah, well, I mean, it wouldn't just be, you know, week to week. It could be list management time too, you'd imagine. So, um... I doubt Justin Westhoff would have played... Uh, 170 games in a row, whatever he's done. So, yeah, 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 <clears throat> yeah. No, yeah. that probably wouldn't yeah. have happened. But yeah. I guess that's kind of what we're calling back to is a time when we had, you know, ruthlessness in the side as far as selections and not gold passes. But there you go. How would he go as power coach today? I'm not sh- not too sure if there's. Uh, there's probably not has. really uh, a coach like him, that sort of old school coach anymore. To be honest. I think you've got to be a little bit more methodical as opposed to sort of that Mick Malthouse-y sort of style, uh, which Jack Hale sort of had as well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of, um, I don't know. He'd shake things like, up. There's, there's plenty of coaches that they try to be motivational coaches, um, but that's still a thing. And I guess that that's would be a, what would still maintain for John Cale. But, um, yeah. As far as the strategy, I mean, it's a bit rough to even make that a question because we yeah. don't have no idea, you know. If he, if he was coaching now, it means he would have played in a more relevant era to the current game and he might have, not only would he have been a different player, but he would have learned different skills as well. So it's really hard call. Yep, that's fair enough. Uh, Schultz and Fester said, do you have any suggestions as to how we can add some more average small slash uh, medium forwards to the side? Can we drop uh, Dixon and bring back Aidan Johnson from the SNFL? Uh, should we move Dan Houston back into the forward line? Or can we ask the AFL for a special dispensation to allow us to call up Simon Phillips this week? <laughs> uh, well, we could put Matthew Wyatt in a forward pocket because I don't think he's ever proven he's got an ability to play there. Um, I think that... Uh, we're running out of options after that, aren't we? Oh, my God, that's terrible. Well, I would uh, love to see how the uh, triumvirate of doom would do in this uh, current lineup of um, Simon Phillips, Wade Thompson and Cameron Hitchcock. 
Um, well, I mean, Hitchy's probably better than Needy, but there you go. Mm. Tuckle. <laughs> I liked I liked Hitchy. He got hard done by, I reckon, in terms nah, of his did. in terms of his body letting him down. I reckon oh, if that, his body that... sort of held up. I reckon he could have developed a bit more than what we actually saw, but there's no doubt we kept him probably two years too long. Yeah, um, definitely. As as we tend to do with most people, but um, yeah, I did didn't mind Hitchy. I think he got a, copped a bit of a raw deal from the supporters a bit. Nah, because he had no. He was look. He was precisely what is not what you want in a small forward. In that he was really great running in straight lines, and that was about it. Mm. Um, and he liked taking a mark and having a crack, but he wasn't the guy that's going to duck and weave and do snaps, which is actually what you need for a good small forward in the AFL. Yep. Um, you know, like Eddie Betts. We go, oh, Eddie Betts mark. Yeah, he takes good marks, but he's also extremely good at ground level in terms of you know doing spins and picking up and kicking on weird angles. Like that's that's the meat of Eddie Betts' games, not the marking. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, I think Schultz and Betts could, could really even um, go a little bit further. I mean, he didn't mention Cracker. Like, Cracker's a, yeah, a mon- true. Crack. Monty to be up there. I mean, at a stretch, even Snelling too. Amon as well. So, well, I feel comfortable that we'd be able to play an eight-man forward line with no no one over about 183 centimetres, to be honest. <laughs> I guess that is I guess that is possible, yes. Mm. Mm. Uh, Fort Support has asked, that how many times do we have to keep trying the same players expecting a different result? Well, until we learn about the scientific method. I don't know. <laughs> well, clearly, we had to try again this week. Um, just Maybe we just need a bigger sample time. size, mm-hmm. a larger sample size of terrible decisions to see if they actually are terrible decisions. Maybe that's what we're doing. That's it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Mission Possible has asked, uh, how is Howard supposed to apply defensive pressure when he has the football? Well, look, I mean, obviously what he should be doing is as soon as he takes the mark, he should handball to someone under pressure and let it turn over, and then he can tackle the guy that uh, picks up the ball. That's really what he should do. That I think that'd get him right in the team. That'd be an interesting manoeuvre. <laughs> it's kind of like oh, what you gosh. do on a PlayStation playing AFL Live or something. Like you handball to the opposition so you can tackle them straight away and get a, <laughs> yeah. on the ball free kick. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. Well, you have to be a little bit more clever. Like, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe you take the mark and you handball, you know, two metres sideways to Jake Need and then he gets tackled and then you turn around and tackle the guy running away with it. Like, that's more what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. It's a two-step process. Mm. Mm. And last one, Mangus Onfries has asked, uh, all things being equal, is Beast Mode Need better than Beast Mode Palmer, Atlee, Howard, Archie, or Johnson? No. <laughs> Expand. He's not. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, it, it, look, performance-wise, it's probably debatable uh, in the game. So if we just take a purely this game perspective, it's debatable whether he might be. If we look at the course of the season, what value it'll add to us as a side, he's definitely not. And if you look at the course of the club over the next five years, he's absolutely not. So, yeah. yeah. Dylan has asked on Spreaker Chat, what is Beast Mode need? I don't know, eight tackles? Mm. Mm. Look, and he did just mention them as well. Actually, bumping off Dustin Martin is pretty grouse. And that's that's right. He, that sort of... Uh, the way he played in that final... Oh, man, if he could play like that every week, I'd be a very, very happy man. And look, Beast no, Mode no. Need is probably better than those other players named. Like, in terms of what his performance is likely to be this week, it is likely to be better than those players. Um, but I would still likely prefer to see 
Atley or Howard or Palmer in the side? It is possible to be better than those. It will. It might be better than those players, but in terms of it being a game-winning difference, odds are extremely low. Mm. Uh, and Dylan's also pointed out, but that's Richmond in finals, which is anti-God mode. Which there you go. That's true. Mm. Yep. Any more questions? That's it, mate. All right, let's move on to the final wrap. <laughs> Thirty-seven minutes and counting. Um, winning side and margin, uh, and the highest coffee for Port Adelaide. If you could please smack up. I'm going to say Brisbane by eight points. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I'm going to say Port by 46 points and Robbie Gray will kick four goals. I'm going to match that exactly because that was about actually. the margin. Oh, I'm not going to go with that one. I reckon... Oh, yeah, no, I reckon Port by about 40 points. Yep. Um, and we'll, after maybe a good quarter, one of the first two quarters, we'll have thought it would have been another 100-point win and it ends up being 40-ish. Um, and I do think Robbie Gray will probably get away. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, fear factor. Should we be concerned about any particular Brisbane players this week? Oh, look, Dane Zorko, as I said, he's been in great form. Averaged 28-2 mm. and two over the last three games. He, he did struggle against Port in round six. That was his worst game for the year so far. So I think he'll be set for a big one this time. Yeah, you'd expect so. Uh, I guess for me, I'd have to say they should be most concerned about Charlie Dixon because I just don't really think they've got a matchup for him if we're on top in midfield. Yeah, that's mine for the Port player as well. McStay, as I said, didn't work last time. He got smacked. That was one of uh, Charlie's best ever games. I think he ended up with four goals and 12 marks from memory. Um, as I said, maybe they'll go with Andrews this time. I think he makes yeah. sense if I'm a Brisbane supporter. Um, you know, He's 200 centimetres, really good pace, good Good strength as well, so I would like to see Andrews on uh, Dixon if I'm a Brisbane fan. Yeah, so Zorko um, and Dixon, I guess, pretty much the end of the two. Yep. Uh, who's your quiet achiever this week for Port Adelaide that's going to have a good performance but not wow the crowds? Uh, probably Dan Houston, I reckon. Oh, I'm going to really yeah. enjoy having him back in the team this week. Well, I mean, I kind of agree, but I, I, I think that... If we're talking about, like, say, Bigfoot being the crowd, I think Bigfoot would probably be totally Dan Houston. If you're looking at something like regular Port supporters, I think you're definitely going to be in the quiet achiever boat. I, I, don't, I don't reckon he's got the same rep as you would have on a fanatic site. Mm. Maybe it might be someone like Sam Gray this week. If he does play through the midfield a bit more, maybe he might get uh, 30 touches and have a bit more impact there. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Mm. Uh, and are there any other games you're looking forward to apart from the under-18s? Well, the one that's on at the moment, um, West Coast and Geelong, that's, uh, that should be a pretty good game. I think North and St Kilda should be all right as well. Richmond and Sydney should be all right. This is kind mm. of the opposite to the other buy rounds, where all these yeah. games kind of look pretty interesting. Um, and the Dogs and Melbourne as well should be a really good game too. So that's probably my game of the round, actually, the Dogs and Melbourne. Well, uh, I mean, the dogs yeah. are kind of under delivering a little bit. Melbourne look to be in pretty decent form, and they're not really missing Maxi Gorn or, or Jesse Hogan all that much either. So mm. that should be a really, really good game. Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, for me, and for me, they're two teams that are really hard to get a fix on, and those are always the interesting ones. Um, yeah. Because whoever wins, like, it'll tell you a lot about their season, and it will tell you a lot about their season for whoever loses as well. Um, yeah. Anyway, you didn't mention that I would also add is probably Adelaide versus Collingwood, just because it's you know, a useful preview. But apart from that, probably not. What? Sorry. Adelaide, isn't Adelaide playing Collingwood? 
No, Adelaide's got the wrong one. Oh, I got the wrong one. Okay. Well, in that case, that's an excellent <laughs> game to watch because there's no fucking football. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> Where did I get that match up oh, from? Oh, I love it. I love it. I think you like playing. That'd be good. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that's how much effort we're putting in. We've... So if you're uh, a listener and you're annoyed at uh, Port uh, coaches and players, then you should probably be annoyed at us for our week performance in this uh, podcast. We haven't done very well, I don't think. But, no, um... no, this has been poor. <laughs> that's all right. Look, um, I guess we'll have the same thing that we'll um, pretend to bring Rick in and we'll drop him for next uh, week and uh, we'll do the same thing as we always will. So um, anyone that wants to listen on Monday, please feel free. Um... That's it. All right. Uh, thanks for those that managed to listen in live. Um, I've just been told this is bad form uh, by Craig Jones on Spreaker Chat, which is fair. Um, time to go. So let's wrap it. Can't it. Get to the footy on the weekend and support Port Adelaide. And, yeah. and South Australia. And South Australia. Get there at 10 past 10. Watch the under-18s. Yeah. Yeah. Maka will be giving full details of that match if our game is pretty awful. I certainly will. Excellent. All right. Thank you all. Go. Up go the umbrellas. Clifford's fifth kick. Oh, a towering torpedo, but that's a massive kick. Oh, what a kick. A goal is second. Must have gone 65 metres. And Port Adelaide moved to 3-5 to the base goal.